Hi, this is Michael of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. Sponsored by Endless Summer Welcome to episode 11 of Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. I'm your host, David Beard. Today, we're talking with Bobby Figueroa. Bobby was a member of King Harvest from 71 to 74. He went on to be with the Beach Boys band for quite a while and even ended up on HBO's The Larry Sanders Show as Larry's music director and drummer. So he's been getting around, if you will. Today we're going to talk with Bobby about his memories of the late Ricky Martin. You remember, Ricky did pass away, unfortunately, last August of 2016. And this is our final and third part uh, honoring Ricky's memory and his music. And today we'll talk about a great many things. We're going to start off with Bobby's recollections of working with Ricky on music, of all things. And I spent a lot of time with Ricky up at, up at the ranch there in Utah. And uh, I recorded with him up there, and we put together his, his tribute for his dad there. You know, I was a, but even before that, I was going up there recording, you know, going over my... Uh, trying to work out my Spanish Beach Boy stuff with him. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, totally generous about it. I stayed with him each time, even in the dead of winter. He'd come down the hill and pick me up, you know, and uh, we'd go back up to the ranch and just kind of huddle in for the, you know, some, you know, great times because, you know, we, he would mix in taking care of his kids. He was a great family, man. He really loved his family, his daughters. And his wife, you know, and he took really great care of him. He he would go way out of his way to make sure that they were they were taken care of, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy he was. He was a great dad, and uh, I'm sure that his family missed him now. Um, but uh, we go back, you know, to '70s to '74 when I first met him. Just uh, you know, he came to a couple of the Beach Boy shows and then invited me over to his place at Malibu, and and we hung out and. Um, you know, had some fun and, and uh, you know, went out a few times and, and like that. And he was very, always very open with me and very generous with his time. And, and uh, I think we, 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 we started a, a nice little, you know, rapport and, and conversation and, and association with each other, which, which when he, you know, uh, asked me to do things, it was really easy for me to respond, well, yeah, because... He was always so that kind of a giving person too, you know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of was infectious. He was always up, always smiling, always happy about stuff, and and uh, you know that's the that's the way I want to remember him, you know. Sure. Um, just as just as a really generous guy who truly loved his family and his friends, and uh, and uh, would do anything for them. I wonder why why all my dreams are gone. I felt the love. A woman whose time had finally come I seen the rights, I seen the wrongs And the truth of this song Is that she's really gone By the way, by the day I need you too I seen the love in you Think of those days as all through Don't hold your breath, don't run away and in time we will begin Where we left off one day 
Different. What set him apart differently uh, from the music standpoint when when you were in the studio? Okay. Um, well, he was definitely his own guy. Um, he was never ever tried to be anybody else but him mm-hmm. himself. Um, but he wrote songs, you know, and um, and he was a good songwriter. I, I I believe he was a really good songwriter, and and tried to encourage him to to keep that going, but. Uh, you know, he was, you know, it's really funny because, you know, he was a part of the whole thing, the whole picture that I was involved with. You know, Brother Records, the studio, I was there quite a bit. Like, as you said, you know, working with Carl, working, working with Dennis, um, and, and, you know, that's where I auditioned for the band. So it was like a home to me there. I was very comfortable. And seeing Ricky there was, was you know, just as comfortable because, you know, he sort of just fit. Um, but, you know, what was cool is we were doing something other than, uh, 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 what we're used to doing there, which was, you know, doing Beach Boy stuff and, and, uh, you know, the solo project and like that. But, um, but, you know, it definitely had a little different flavor to it. We were all there together, but we weren't there for us. We were there for Ricky mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, you know, cause he had, he had invited me to come and participate and I didn't have any problem with it. I was well, sure, you know, I'd, I'd love being there anyway. And Ricky was, you know, was, was coming up with some, with some nice music. And I said, well, that'd be fun to be a part of. And I'm really glad I did because, um, you know, there was a lot of great people involved right along with me. And, uh, what was beautiful about it was we were all, we were all giving our best and, uh, lending our talents to, to, uh, make Ricky stand out because, you know, he was a very likable guy. We all, as you said, Carl was taken by him, and, and as we all were, you know. And um, so when we went in, it was for a sole purpose of making his record and making it right, and then later we even took it on the road, and uh, uh, that was a lot of fun, too. Uh, I have pictures of that <laughs> here. They were just kind of wacky ones, but I remember playing many places with him uh, upon the release of that album. And um, it was different. It was uh, he was a, he was a different guy. He was he he wrote different music than we were used to playing. It was good music, so we didn't have any problem being being uh, a part and lending and lending our talents to it because it was it was totally worthwhile. And I guess everybody kind of felt that way that it was a worthwhile effort. So we went the extra mile, even on the road, to open for him, go backstage. Uh, you know, go out with Ricky, put on something, play his set, go back in the, in the dressing room, change shirts, and go back out there and do the Beach Boys show with the Beach Boys. <laughs> so, you know, it was those, we all 
we didn't have a problem doing that, and it meant extra work because you know how the road can be. Yeah, we've seen you out there many times where just putting putting down one show or much less a double header, how taxing that can be on your day. And uh, then you, you imagine tack on another show with another artist on top of that, and uh, it was it was even more difficult. But we didn't look at it that way because we were actually glad to be there. I, I can guarantee you, everybody that was there. Uh, Carly, Billy, Wayne Tweed, um, you know, the other guys, you know, walking in the studio and seeing, uh, you know, st stepping up to the microphone with Pete Zatera and Carl and laying down some, some, some tracks, some background tracks, or whatever I was asked to do, congas, you know, whatever that was, um, you know, playing with uh, Ricky Fatar was also there. Um, you know, a lot of great people were lending lending their talents to it. There had to be a reason for that, and that was his, uh, you know, we were all drawn to him and his likability. Wendy Wilson, and you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast with David Beard. Thanks, Wendy. So the next thing I wanted to talk to Bobby about is I asked him about when was the last time he listened to the Beached album. Here's what he had to say. Well, you know, it's been a, it's been quite a while, but it's always kind of going through my head. Okay. Tunes, uh, you know, certain tunes are like Moonbeams and uh, Stop 
you know, look around yeah. and, um, you know, some of the upbeat songs that he wrote, they're really memorable to me. The Bell of the Ball. He was just, he was amazed in later years, like I would say as recent as, as five years ago, when um, I would start singing, you know, I rode around the block today, I bought me a brand new car, now ain't it smart? And he would look at me and go like, how the hell do you remember that song? And I'm like, going, well, I played on it, remember? <laughs> and I always liked it. I said, it's a great tune. We should do it. And he was always, nah, nah, we're not going to do those. And I said, well, you should, damn it. Those are good songs. But, um, yeah, you know, it was cool. They, now, they go through my head all the time. Very cool. That is that is cool. Um, the, the one song on uh, Ricky's album that was a co-written track was Everybody Knows My Name, in which Carl participated on the writing process of that. Did you play on that song? I sang on it. I was, okay, I, uh, okay. One of those times I, I sang the, uh, with Carl, Pete, Tatera, and Billy, I believe, we did the shoot-a-bops during that. The, oh. the, uh, the little kind of throwback to 60s type background harmonies that everybody just gravitated. I don't know whose idea it was. Uh, probably Carl's, or it could, it could have even been Pete Terrace. Um, but I remember stepping in, being called into the studio, driving out there, walking in the room and seeing, you know, put on some headphones because, you know, here's here's only Pete Terrace and Carl Wilson, two of the best voices in the, in the, in the, uh, in the current music business of the time. These guys were powerhouses, and you know how well, uh, you know, they sang and they were just looked up to by everybody. And, you know, standing next to him and going, okay, what's my part? It was like a real, a real upper and a real, a real plus for me to be there, not only for Ricky, but also I was joined the heck out of it. Yeah. It was like, totally blew me away that, you know, I, and that was the way a lot of things happened in that studio was just to be rung up in the morning going, Bobby, get down here. Okay. You know, and, and showing up and there was always no hesitation on my part because something like that, something that wonderful could happen.
this is Dean Torrance, and you are listening to a podcast all about the Beach Boys. It's called Good Vibrations. You, you, you mentioned that you, you still remember Stop, Look Around, Moonbeams, Bell to Ball, and, you re, and, and everybody knows my name. You remember those songs because you participated on them. But do you think that also might speak to the lasting power? Because this album, I've listened to this album several times, and it still is kind of growing on me uh, slowly. Sure. Much like uh, Terry Melcher's uh, albums from from the uh, the mid seventies, so it's kind of like I have to kind of revisit and revisit. And and as I listen and as I get older, I enjoy it more, and it's still kind of growing on me. But because I do think it's very different. If I were to try to explain it to somebody, I think I would stumble a little bit. I think I would, you know, because well, first of all, you explain to people who Ricky Martin is, then you try to, and and the general public would only know Ricky as Dean's son, most mostly for the most part. So how would you how would you describe as a musician who not just as a musician, but also a musician who participated on this music, how would you describe this album or, or Stop Look Around or or any one of these given tracks in, in terms of the genre and the feel? <coughs> well, you know, I think it's because I knew Ricky. Um, you know, I was I was uh, you know, around him a lot. I knew where he where he hung out, I knew his, you know, a lot of stuff that he liked. He was a unique guy um, coming from that. You know, being Dean Martin's son is quite a shadow. You know, a lot of people, you know, when you talk about megastars and their and their kids, you know, a lot of guys really, you know, shrink when it comes to having any kind of notoriety. It took a lot of courage from him to go, here is my music, here is my song. These are my, I'm not trying to sound like my dad and I never will. You know, it had that kind of feeling too, and you had to admire that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it was just really good pop. If I had known him, I would say these are good songs. These are good pop, pop rock and roll songs that I, you know, not only enjoyed playing on some of them. You know, even if it was just percussion or whatever, um, you know, just just going out and enjoying playing them live. You know, to me, that was that was a big kick because. They were good enough to stand behind in front of anybody and go, look, I'm going to play this stuff because guess what? It's really good music. It's rock. It's pop. I know. But but even if you didn't know Ricky, I think you would still feel that way or at least, at least get a, you know, uh, I don't know how well you knew him, but but um, anyone who didn't know him would, would look at this and, and, and you didn't tell him who did it would have no prejudice and say, well, that's good, you know, well done music. And then you tell them, oh, by the way, Dean Martin, Sonny, they go like, I think you would get a reaction like, well, that figures because that's a very talented piece. You know Carl Wilson is, is, is you knew Carl very well. Um, worked with him on a number of different projects, toured with him for many years. When you listen to Beached or you experience Beached, um, do you feel Carl in it? Because um, I know he's really good at being hands-off, so you don't feel his... You don't feel Carl, because Carl's never been a was never really a uh, an individual who would, you know. He always was very good at getting out of his own way and letting everyone kind of become their own person and being the, the best that they can be. But uh, in in this album, Beached, what what do you can you speak at all to Carl's belief in the project or Carl's feeling towards the project? You know, he he saw an, a, an avenue. Carl was always looking for 
for new things to do. He was always experimenting. Um, he was, uh, you know, we could go and uh, we could be on the road and, and, for example, be at a sound check and he would just start playing something. You didn't know what it was. You never heard it before. But you jumped in because that was him searching. You know, that was him looking. And I think his association with, with Ricky was another chance for him to express himself, go outside his own box, comfort zone, so to speak, and still be effective. You know, he. I think that the, the, him and Dennis were both looking for avenues to to show that uh, that they they truly loved their craft and and they were trying to show their worth at the same time. So, him going to that project and going, okay, this is easy, this is natural for me to do. And you made a great observation that Carl never got in anybody's way. He would let you create what you wanted to create, sort of guide you in that without really speaking too much about it. I mean, I created tracks with him just from a whisper, just from a, a basic idea, a basic little premise. I mean, I can remember sitting there with him and, and bagging out the the, the basic track for um, Angel Come Home, just him and I, and recording it that way and not hearing it until it was done. So if you can imagine the original track being just drums and guitar, mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. that was the avenue that he would give you to go like, let's create something. So he was more or less doing that with Ricky and saying, let you create, you know, you I know you have specific ideas, so let's go with them and we will color. And Carl will, will, will solidify everything behind it and so that your idea is your idea but it it really sounds structured and really well because of its influence and his you know his wanting for it to be really good just like he you know brought it to the stage every night he was always really good you knew that he was gonna deliver every single night and he was doing that uh, through Ricky and I think he really had a good time doing it too Just let her go Lonely nights thinking 
Carl Wilson and his collaborator Jeffrey Cushing Murray. Wow, beautiful track. Sung by Dennis Wilson, of course. I want to thank my special guest, Bobby Figueroa, today for helping us uh, talk about his friend, the late Ricky Martin, enjoying some of Ricky's music, and of course, closing off the show with the great Angel Come Home from the Beach Boys' LA Light album. Thanks for tuning in, and always, of course, head over to Facebook. If you're only on Facebook, be sure to like the Endless Summer Quarterly page, and then head over to esquarterly.com, where you'll find a landing page, a jukebox, behind it, a palm tree, at the top of the palm tree. This is really easy, I promise. There's a signpost that says, subscribe to the magazine. You'll be glad you did. Each quarterly edition of Endless Summer Quarterly features 48 pages. You'll get tour dates exclusive interviews, exclusive images. If you like the Beach Boys in any way, shape, or form, you're going to love Endless Summer Quarterly. Thanks for tuning in. Look for episode 12 real soon. <laughs>